0: we're nerdy, and you probably are too. I'm Lindsay, and I'm here with Tegan, and we're here to talk nerdy to you. Um, But, you know, like, uh, usually it's more geeky stuff, I don't know, it'll be interesting. So today we're going to talk about fandom fatigue, which is something that Tegan and I have talked about quite a bit in the past couple of months, um, with our break there in the summer, as well as all of the things that have happened, and all of the different stuff that has been coming out. So um, what really happened is... I and you guys know I'm like an MCU cheerleader right so like Mm -hmm. they could do no wrong I was always ready for the next show for the next uh movie for the next thing and phase four finished and uh then I realized I didn't actually watch much of phase four um when it came out when it was in theaters or when it was available at all even even right now i can honestly say i don't think i'm uh, caught up and with disney plus being so accessible to us there's also like the issue where i can watch stuff that I've already watched over again or I could watch the new stuff that I don't really know if it's good or not based off of the reviews that I've seen Mm -hmm. so um we've got a lot to talk about here there's a lot to unpack um but essentially we're gonna kind of be all over the map right because MCU for me has always been like my big baby and I'm being a big baby by not really being (laughs) a very good mom to it at this point in time um and then there's uh you know the there's also like the the concept of having um having a fandom that you're like absolutely allegiant to right and watching that over and over again and things like uh star wars where andor's about to come out and you know they posted uh that rogue one is going to be in theaters and so you could watch rogue one in the theaters right before andor comes out and then be able to uh watch andor so at least rogue one is is fresh in your mind right Mm -hmm. but would we watch that over again when we have so many other things we want to watch that we haven't watched yet? Yeah, no, it's it's hard. It's it's hard yeah. to decide what what the best course of action in these fandoms is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so let's start with the MCU then, because yeah. Phase Four done.
1: Yeah, we're well, pretty much yeah we're there. I think there might be a couple of little things that are coming out maybe. But okay. it's essentially like in the bag, and we're looking at you know the new schedule of phase five. And I, I swear, like you know, when they release like the whole schedule and everything, and they had that, you know, because now nowadays they do like you know the little uh, graphics where they show like you know the different, uh, the different projects that are coming up and all the release dates, and they have it lined up usually in like a list or some sort of linear order, you know, something like that to show like okay this is coming out in this date and it's just like it feels like a lot and it feels like a lot yes like like an oversaturation almost it, it's so weird because it's like there's this line in there and it's like you know we love this property and we want to see more from this we want more things based in this world but then it reaches a point where it's like okay well how much is going to be too much how much until it's just oversaturating and the quality starts really suffering and, you know, like where it's, it's trying to find that line of, you know, not fatiguing your fans while also, you know, giving them things that they want to consume and they want to watch. So it's, right. Uh, I I remember looking at that thing and I'm like, there's, there's so much going on there there's so much going on and not all of it's necessarily bad and by no means by no means does it (laughs) seem like there's going to be anything particularly terrible in there but you know it's just
0: like you're talking about the mcu here i know i know
1: although i am although i am i have to say i am very uh kind of suspicious of secret invasion because i'm like do we really need to do this like this is Oh. So,
0: here's the thing though okay so uh, let, let's go back through phase four black mm-hmm. widow i watched it's already been a year since that came out yeah and i, I still haven't Qi even watched it the ten rings. yeah yeah see and that's why i'm thinking like we probably between the two of us have probably watched most of it um but the even like the television shows from disney plus aren't listed in what i'm looking at yeah it's got eternals which i haven't seen neither have um, i shang chi and the legend of the ten rings i haven't seen even which though I have. I, I have access to it don't i i think i do Yeah, Um, which I haven't
1: seen that either. I've mostly been sticking to the TV shows.
0: Right, right. Well, and that's just it. That's not listed here. So that's what I'm... Spider-Man, No Way Home, I saw quite a few Mm -hmm. times, I think. So did Uh, I. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I watched. I did not. (laughs) Okay. And I just finished Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, I was actually a little worried about the reviews on that one because I... um, you know i was underwhelmed by the storyline and what happened in it honestly it felt like um a movie that i had already sort of watched i I hate to like say it that way but what happens and what ends up going on is really not terribly unexpected so it's 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 good um i'm glad it was a movie and not you know a television series because it would have been (laughs) difficult to draw it out into a limited series on Disney yeah. uh, but it was nice like it was it was it was nice
1: um, now was that Multiverse was okay of Madness that. or Thor Love and no, Thunder no that's Thor that's okay, Thor okay. Love and Thunder
0: okay um I could probably watch Multiverse of Madness a few more times and still have no idea what the heck I just watched but yeah I watched... remember we had we got What If and we got mm-hmm. what else did we get um we got all the those Loki. other television
1: shows oh yeah we got a bunch of television shows some of which were good some of which were
0: uh, just, uh, oh, well, we're going to talk about Miss Marvel so we can't talk about <laughs> yes. that yet we loved yes. it and we did talk about Moon Knight and mm-hmm. we talked about Loki as well and we're going to get another season of Loki yes. um, next summer so we know that we liked it and that yes. it's a great story to tell um, and I did not watch She-Hulk but I think that you have right?
1: Uh, I haven't yet. No.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I've heard from some people that it's <laughs> it's funny that it you know it's meant to be poking fun. Yeah,
1: like. Fine. Yeah, like the one of the things like and maybe absolutely this could have just been like a fault of like marketing and like how they you know set up the trailers and everything like that because you know sometimes trailers aren't always necessarily accurate. They're supposed to give you like a feel for the vibe and what's going on with something but sometimes it's not always very accurate how they put them together and put them out there so when i watched like the trailers and stuff for she hulk i'm like this feels just like a generic rom-com set in marvel which i'm not a rom-com person so especially not with those you know funny haha rom rom-com, rom-coms that are i don't know it's just not my thing it's just not my thing right. And that's what the trailer made it feel like. And so I've been hesitant to actually get into it and see if that trailer was accurate or not, but it's just like, Oh, do I really want to sit through this? (laughs) You know, if it does turn out to be accurate.
0: So, I mean, that makes sense. And of course it's like, well, I, I just haven't, I haven't picked that one up. I, um, I'm not there yet and maybe I will be but I feel the same as you do rom-com in in the in the MCU isn't I was I was pretty excited about like some of the Netflix shows those were about as close as I wanted to get to with MCU rom-coms so Mm -hmm. uh, we'll we'll see we'll see right and so there's that now let's talk about phase five then oh phase five what's Coming out that would be like overwhelming or over, you know, put someone into a fandom overload in the sense of what's on its way.
1: Um, now, again, this is going to like really depend on like how they do these things, because you know I'm looking at the things and I'm I'm looking at the titles and I see Secret Invasion and obviously there is like a comic arc of Secret Invasion and if they, again, if they do it. Like, the comic arc, uh, I'm not so sure on it. If they do it, essentially, like Civil War, where they pretty much only take, like, the name and maybe a vague concept from Secret Invasion, maybe. But it, it's just one of those things, like, you know, if if it's not going to be, like, the comic arc, then stop fucking naming them, I'm sorry, stop naming them <sighs> like the comic arcs. Like, it's. I'm sorry, it yeah. really... Yeah. It, it really pisses me off when well, they have to rely on these cheap marketing tactics to try to mm-hmm. market this as, oh yeah, this is a famous comic arc and we're going to be doing this. And then you watch it and it's like, yeah, this has very little if nothing, nothing, like nothing it, to yeah. do with the actual comic arc. It's just, sorry, one of the well, things that really annoys me.
0: It's deceptive. what They're, yes. being, they're doing it to, to get the people who know the comic arc or are mm-hmm. interested in the comic arc and we'll also then be interested in what the MCU is doing, even if it is completely different. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a ploy. Yeah. And it's frustrating. I I get it, though, that they're going to have to do this story, right? Because at yeah. the end of what movie was it that we realized Nick Fury was um, being imitated by uh, one of the scrolls? So we knew that we don't that really in-game? know where he is. I think it was. I think we might have gotten like a... a an end credit scene or an after credit scene where, where one of the scrolls actually like was pretending to be Nick Fury during Endgame, And so we don't actually know where Nick Fury is. Yeah. And that's kind of what, what's going to happen. Right. As we Mm -hmm. know that the secret invasion um, arc is going to tell us where he is or what he's been doing um, uh, up until this point. So we, we, we need the, we need this story, I guess. Um, I guess.
1: (laughs) Um, I, I guess am we're
0: going to need the story I, I'm not surprised that we're going to get this story but I do mm-hmm. feel very similarly to that as I yeah. do about having just watched Thor Love and Thunder where I'm afraid I'm going to be underwhelmed
1: yeah and I know uh, Blade is coming out and I'm cautiously optimistic about it because I do really enjoy Mahershala Ali and I think he would do a really good job with being Blade and um, And and I'm also just really excited to basically officially have Blade in the MCU. I mean, obviously, we've we've already seen Blade. It came out in like 1998. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody always wants to harp on Iron Man setting off the MCU. Uh, I personally would ascribe that to Blade because Blade proved that comic book movies could do really, really well. I think that it could have, you know, made people think twice about, you know, well, maybe we could look into these comic book movies and maybe we could do something with them, you know, instead of just making them like a joke, like the 90, like most of the nineties Batman movies and the <coughs> everything like that. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like the original blade added a certain gravitas to comic book movies that wasn't really that present before. And that I think they kind of followed on that vibe in the actual MCU. So to see, blade back in the mcu i am like officially i am cautiously optimistic that it will be good (laughs) but you know still we haven't seen anything from them yet so and and i know that that will be a while because i don't think that's coming out until sometime next year the end of next year so we're gonna have a while to wait for that anyway
0: yeah well that makes sense Mm -hmm. okay so then we've also got um daredevil mm-hmm.
1: born again which that's gonna um, be I'm interesting about that one i think <laughs> yeah that
0: right.
1: the, no, go ahead yeah like again you know they've they've done the netflix Netflix shows and everything so everybody i think is you know I'm, I'm not counting the ben affleck movie but you know everybody is fairly <laughs> fairly familiar now with daredevil with his story with what he's about and you know i i As long as they do it well, I think it's a great thing to finally bring these other characters into more of the foreground of the MCU, you know, because in in the beginning, obviously, you know, they wanted the big names. They wanted Iron Man, they wanted Captain America, they wanted Thor, you know, you want the big names to kind of establish this. And now that, you know, all of this has been established, you know, they're going back through and taking these, you know, lesser known characters and not saying Daredevil specifically is a lesser known character, but... You know, he's definitely not, like, one of the big names, you know? And so, like, Daredevil, like, Moon Knight, like, Ms. Marvel. You know, they're bringing these characters and putting them in the forefront. And, again, like, as long as it's really well done, I'm all for it. It's just, but there's just so much that's coming out. It's like, you start to wonder about the quality. Because even some of the shows that I've watched, and I've pretty much vastly preferred a lot of the shows to the movies lately Mm -hmm. like it it feels like some of them especially have like a bit of a quality drop off and i'm like i don't want that to be the case but you know when you're doing a bunch of stuff at once quality can slip and Mm -hmm. you know I, i just want these characters to be done well you know if 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 they want to take a little more time that's fine with me, you know. I'm used to waiting years and years in between things like that. you know I I, I feel like you know, when we were going up, like it was a thing like we had to wait for you know more entries for more seasons for this, that and the other. And now it's just like, nope, this is coming out now and this is coming out then, and then this is coming out and this is coming out and this is coming out, and it's like, okay, like you can barely even catch your breath <laughs> between them.
0: Well, and so I I feel like a lot of the characters are probably done being done well and being done um, as allegiantly as they possibly could be mm-hmm. um, in the MCU anyway. I will say the one thing that I'm really excited about is bringing back the actors that we know and love, right? Oh, yeah. Had they recast... Um, daredevil i would have been mortified oh yeah so i was one of those people when spider Man spider-man no way home showed and um he showed up as as a lawyer consultant yeah Five minute <laughs> i absolutely lost my mind i screamed yeah Television. um i was there for it so i i appreciate that they brought him back i I also want to see everybody else. I mean, people who have been listening to abuse and Head headcanons for a hot minute. will oh, yeah. remember when, when we talked about these shows yeah. and I was like, but I want to see them as little tidbits in the movies. You know, I want to see them yeah. um, walking down a street or, you know, something yeah. falls in front of them when they were uh, getting off a bus in hell's kitchen or something like I wanted to see scenes uh, where they showed up even for a second in the movies, which didn't happen, but now there's this, uh, there's going to be this awesome opportunity that they could handle it w- that way, which would be great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, and, and really honestly, realistically, New York should be like just chock full of superheroes. Like just
0: right, literally
1: like a superhero on every corner almost. There's so many in the MCU that are based in New York. So it's like, y'all, like these aren't the only people there, surely. like
0: <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Well, and so we've got all this other stuff that's happening, too, with the MCU, where mm-hmm. Fantastic Four is being redone, yeah, and Thunderbolts was announced, and um, gosh, what else? Uh,
1: the Marvels, which I'm yep. kind of looking forward to, kind of not, because like I'm not really a fan of Carol Danvers like at all, but I really, really <laughs> love Kamala Khan, and I love Monica Rambeau, and I know that they're going to be in it, so... I'm hoping that, like, I will still be able to, like, really enjoy it still.
0: Sure. What is Echo? Do you know what that is?
1: I believe she is the uh, character from the Hawkeye series, the deaf character. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Huh. All right, then. So that's that would be really cool to see. Like, I... Yeah. And, and the thing is, is, like, even with some of the series that I felt were a little bit subpar, like Hawkeye, like, I kind of enjoyed, but it still felt like it was kind of just missing a little something there you know and but despite that it still had some really good moments and it had some really really good characters and echo was one of them and i really would love to see her just come on and like do a whole thing like sure her, her character was just really interesting and intriguing and she was different and i loved that we got to see this perspective of a deaf character like being portrayed the way that they did i i I just really enjoyed it and loved it, and I want to see more of it. So, yeah, I'm holding out hope that they'll do well with her character then because, you know, even though I felt like Hawkeye, the series was kind of like, eh, it's it's all right. You know, I felt like her character in particular was really well done. So I'm hoping they're going to take like the best of that and just put all of that with her.
0: Yeah, and we kind of, I we didn't talk about Ant Man and the Wasp coming out too. Um, Quantum yeah. Mania, so.
1: Yeah, so that one is gonna be interesting. Um, and if I remember correctly, I believe Kang the Conqueror is gonna show up in there. So that's gonna be interesting because Kang isn't really like a uh, uh, an Ant Man villain. You know, he's more of just a general Avengers <laughs> MCU villain. he's not really specifically Ant-Man, so I'm not really sure where that angle is going, and I hope that that's not an indication that it's going to be kind of going into that weird territory that... uh, It's just... Yeah, I'm I'm hoping... Because the thing is, is like the quantum realm and all of that shit, all of that stuff, it has such a really... it, It has so much potential to be so interesting and so different, you know? And I I want, I want, would rather them really lean into that and kind of make it just, you know, a different kind of MCU movie instead of sticking to like that typical MCU kind of rhythm that they usually have with their movies. You know, I, I'd much rather them make it very different and kind of lean into that otherworldliness of the quantum realm and, you know, let that infuse the movie instead of trying to get that to fit in their MCU formula but who knows
0: right well and, and so yeah that's and that's essentially what usually happens in the movies they, yeah <laughs> they take the uh, general arc and kind of put in as much nuggets and
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, as, as many fan e- favorites and, and, and easter eggs things and... easter eggs and stuff as possible um so it would be cool to kind of see something different I I did want to briefly talk about um Fandom fatigue in the sense of like gift giving. I think we've done Mm -hmm. this a couple of times where we like at least sort of brush on it. But I think it's funny when you think about someone who, you know, has a fandom like, you know, I have a friend who really loves um, Harry Potter. Right. Mm -hmm. And so even though there may or may not have been a new movie with harry potter recently there are fantastic you know the new fantastic beasts is out there and i honestly haven't seen that last one either for them and mm-hmm. um i wouldn't know you know this person if i were to buy them a gift and i knew their favorite fandom and i wanted to get them like a, a geeky nerdy gift that has to do with something that you know we have in common right something mm-hmm. nerdy and geeky would it would it be something with Fantastic Beasts? Or would I try and find an old Harry Potter bracelet or a new Harry Potter bracelet, right? Because there's always something... They're, they're usually coming out with stuff that still has um, a Harry Potter feel, although, you know, say what you want about um, J.K. Rowling and her yeah. problems, but um, or her being problematic in general. Uh, but, you know, like, there are also... Instances where if you were to have someone who really loves Star Wars and you wanted to get them a Star Wars thing or you were walking down the aisles at Hobby Lobby for whatever reason and it was gift-giving time and they had a R2-D2-shaped rice cooker, whether you would get the R2-D2-shaped rice cooker for your friend who you know loves Star Wars when you also don't think that an R2-D2 rice cooker is really a practical yeah. thing to have yeah so and it, it's it's always been kind of interesting to me with gift giving and what that's like for for fandoms and for um, people who uh, really love uh, love those things but also are adults
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that also you know may have different opinions about like maybe some newer media or some older media or who are very specific because you know like maybe because like say for me i'm very big star wars fan it was one of like my first fandoms that i was ever actually involved with like you know obviously i love the original trilogy The prequels are like, well, I get a couple of really cool characters out of them, and a laugh, but that's about it. And I love the Clone Wars series, I love the Rebel series, I don't really vibe with like almost all of the more recent movies, like, like I kind of enjoyed, uh, what was, uh, Episode 7? Like, I kind of enjoyed that, but after that it... For me, personally, it just kind of dropped off. And so I'm not really interested in, like, a lot of the new stuff aside from, like, The Mandalorian. So it's like, you know, if somebody were to get me something that was specific to the sequel trilogy, I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Like.
0: (laughs) Right, right, exactly.
1: (laughs) Like, it doesn't really hold any, like, special meaning for me. It's, you know, like, like, I would feel bad. Like, I, I wouldn't really, like, point it out. I would just be like, oh, thanks. You know, like, you were thinking of me and. I appreciate, you know, the thought that you were thinking of me more than the gift itself, but, you know.
0: (coughs) Exactly, and that's, like, the strange part of of the gift-giving process. Yeah. Someone you know loves a certain fandom. Like, do you buy them some cool art that is based off of, you know, uh, something you know that they love, like Back to the Future or Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters or something, or do you... um, uh, on the on the flip side, I wouldn't want to buy something like super basic, like basic yeah. white girlish for someone I know is not, and and that's it's a conundrum. It's it's an interesting conundrum because I I feel like a lot of adults will buy the cool stuff that they want for themselves, mm-hmm. um, but do they know that all the cool stuff exists? I don't know. Yeah,
1: and like there's also the thing where like you know some people just fall kind of out of love with their fandoms because they've gotten too fatigued, like great example is like me and Supernatural like you know when we first started doing Beauties and Headcannons I was still very like much like very much in like the Supernatural vibe and like just loving everything about it and just you know I wanted to consume everything and you know I watched a few
0: episodes for you yeah
1: and then like the (laughs) last few seasons like I think the last season that I watched even like a couple of episodes in was uh, season 13 I think (laughs) and or maybe it was 12 i actually can't remember now but you know and i i never even bothered watching like the last couple of seasons and i've just you know the writing everything about it it just i fell out of love with it and mm-hmm. you know i i haven't even really you know i'm a i'm a fanfic writer i still haven't really written anything in the fandom since then like it's just it's just too much <laughs> you know for me it's just i don't know and i don't know if maybe one day I might come back and be like, well, I'll watch seasons one through, you know, whatever I end up ending at. And I'll, you know, maybe get back into writing a few things. But, you know, I don't know. But as of right now, like, I'm just not really that interested. And so, like, somebody who knew me several years ago might think that, oh, yeah, uh, they'd really like this thing with Supernatural. And it's like, "Mm, nah, not really. Like, I'm kind of over it at the moment. (laughs) Like, maybe later... Might get back into it, but I don't know. But, again, like, this, it's just kind of a... And it's an oversaturation, because, I mean, that, that was on the air for 15 seasons, and it even got, like, a little spin off pilot thing that never ended up going anywhere. Um, so, yeah, like, it's it's just a lot. It's just a lot. And I I think they're coming out with another series based in that world, but it's supposed to be, like... set in more like the parents timeline I think but I'm just like at this point it I I would just like a clean break for a while you know (laughs) instead of being you know I I had a great time I had a great experience I had I made some friends and I had you know all kinds of great memories associated with it but right now you know consuming the media that's there now doesn't give me that same kind of feeling and I think we need to be honest with ourselves and be okay with the fact that you know sometimes we just need to step back from our own fandoms and be like you know what maybe this thing isn't for me and maybe i maybe i should just go and leave this alone for a while and then maybe pursue something else if i want you know that that's what i've done at least
0: so we also then need to talk about um recently the um uh, there was a big disney uh convention announcement where they sent out trailers for a lot of the stuff that they are currently in the works for. Mm-hmm. So um, we get to see Warwick Davis again in Willow and it's going to be a new story. Have yes. you seen the trailers for that? Cause that's exciting.
1: Yeah. Um, um. And see, I've never even seen the original Willow because it wasn't oh really a, it wasn't really right? a thing I was allowed to watch when I was growing up. So like <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch the original first probably
0: well yes please do that um but also like i'm excited about that right mm-hmm. i'm not as excited about never-ending story being done again um i think it's perfect the way it is why do we need to do it again or yeah. do another thing on it um but in the same vein hocus pocus 2 is coming out yeah. and i'm super excited for that because we get to see the three sanderson sisters again and they're bringing. Um, The gentleman who played uh, Billy Butcherson, Mm -hmm. Um, I'll remember his name as soon as we're done recording. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but he's coming back, and he even said like he's wearing the same wig he wore 30 years ago. Yeah, which just blows my mind. So I'm like, and we're really excited about that one, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's weird when you think about all of the things that we're rehashing or making new movies about with the same kind of uh intellectual property and what they're what they're also doing again um Mm -hmm. or in addition to versus things that we've been waiting for for 30 years so i feel very much like we are both like inundated with things with our fandoms and stuff that we want to watch or could watch over again Mm -hmm. and also there's this feeling of like why are we not making new shows and new things Mm -hmm. that aren't based off of stuff that we've already seen when there's you know infinite amounts of brains out there to write and create things that we haven't seen yet
1: Mm -hmm. oh no and and i feel that too and i think part of it is you know nostalgia sells you know, when there's already a, you know, base of people who will consume this content, it feels like a safer bet to go with this. And also, you know, there's the world kind of sucks. And so, you know, people are looking for some sort of comfort. And when you bring back something that is so nostalgic, you know, it, it, it feels like, you know, at least on the surface that there should be an appeal there. Um, But the thing is, I don't think the appeal is always there. I think it depends heavily on certain things like you know like you said with the never-ending story it felt like that story was complete that story was told you know even though it's called the never-ending story like it felt like that story (laughs) was done it was sufficient Mm -hmm. whereas hocus pocus you know it was kind of standalone but at the same time it's like "Mm, i feel like there might be a little bit something more there to explore you know so I, I think it's just a lot uh, there's a lot more nuance in is this a good idea to pursue or not, you know, other than, well, you know, well, people like this. or And so they'll people will go to it, they'll buy it, they'll see it, they'll stream it, you know, I, I, I think they're, you know, and I, I know they're I know they're out to make money. We We all know this. We all know that they right, are right. more interested in making money than making something actually good. But, you know, ideal world, I I think that, you know, things should be taken into account as like, you know, could we stretch this? And is there actually a story left to be told here? Or is this story done? You know, and if the story is done, then just leave it alone. It's okay. You you don't have to rehash everything.
0: Well, it's like a constant battle between here, take my money and wait, I'm going to give you my money again.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we see this. I think we've. and uh, actually, yeah. like quick gaming corner, like this is actually like you know kind of relevant in the gaming universe yes. world as well. Um, you know, lately there's been a whole thing of like remasters, remakes, all these things with um, with video games. Um, there's been some really successful Resident Evil remakes that they've done um, that I've I haven't played, but I watched them. Like I've watched full playthroughs, and they're they're pretty good. I, I have to say, like those those are really pretty good games. Um but then you have other things that are just blatantly cashing in on the whole thing um like the GTA trilogy remaster was just terrible absolutely terrible. Um they remastered The Last of Us 1 which The Last of Us 1 was released on PS4 like that generation. So like they remastered it for this next generation. Like it it doesn't make sense. Like to me if you're going to do a remaster there needs to be a sufficient amount of time in change in technology so that a remaster will actually make a big difference. Not just like a tiny bit of a visual upgrade if you even have like the right you know TV screen for it. Like, you know, there's a difference between remaking Resident Evil 2 and Nemesis into, you know, com- you know completely updated graphics, different gameplay, things like that. And then there's also just like well, we're banking off of this because we know we're going to get money for it. Like it's it's so sleazy and it's so obvious, but you know, gamers will fall for it <laughs> because people fall for it all the time that if if they didn't fall for it, they wouldn't do it. So yeah, it it's also a huge thing in the gaming world where you know, remakes, remasters are like the thing that's coming out and some of these are selling for like the same price as a new game, which is just Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous that they would charge full price for essentially just a remaster, especially if they've really done very, very little to it. Like with the last, like with the first last of us uh, game, like it's again, like there's, there's a line, like if there is significant difference, then okay, sure. Yeah. I could see like wanting to upgrade because, you know, most of the, a lot of the systems they aren't as backwards compatible. Xbox thankfully kind of is but you know PlayStation is not always you know they pretty much just focus on that generation so being able to play like an older game on a current console I get it you know I understand and you know if the game is sufficiently old you know cool go for it but charging $60 for a bit of a visual upgrade nah that's not the move that's not the move at all. I've, I feel like at that point, they're just exploiting nostalgia and, you know, blatant corporate money-grubbing BS that sure. uh, is unfortunately just permeating everything because it always does.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, with that being said, I think we are... Um, done talking this one out yeah I would love to hear what you know our listeners have to say about it and if they agree disagree have more to say if they missed us this summer (laughs) uh, or at least last month or and a half or two and how things went for everyone and how things are going because I think you just found out how things have been going for us (laughs) (laughs) Yes. anyway I'm Lindsay
1: And I'm Tegan, and thanks for getting nerdy with us today on Beauties and Headcannons.